It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. This is something interesting today. We are broadcasting from Havana, which is a cigar lounge in the Carlton in Long Island, in Eisenhower Park. And the Carlton is a really awesome place. They have all sorts of dinner options every night. So every Thursday night, they actually have live bands on the patio all summer long. And it's a great place to come, have a drink, have dinner with your special someone. And then there's a private cigar lounge where we are now. We're in the pool room at the private cigar lounge. It's an interesting place to be and an awesome place to do a podcast from. So Tom is Tom Stradine is with me. He's the president and CEO of My Business Venture out of Smithtown, New York. And he's an accomplished entrepreneur. His company, My Business Venture, has been oh about 20, been around 27 years. They started with a hundred dollar investment working out of a two-bedroom apartment and has grown the business with revenues into the millions of dollars at this point. The thing I like about Tom and the reason I brought him on this podcast today is because he is uh, just a positive guy. So his story is really inspirational. So we're going to talk about that. He started in Suffolk Community College like I started in Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn. He's appeared on various TV shows, including our friend Donna Drake. And he's been on my franchise radio show and we were doing that in 2017 as well. And, you know, massive magazines and a lot of exposure. When he's not running his company, which takes a lot of his time, he runs triathlons, which is just amazing. They raise charity, money for charities through the triathlons. So it's a big challenge. And so, Tom, I wanted to welcome you and welcome. Thanks for having me, Tom. I'm happy to be back and I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, this is going to be great. Really excited to have you on, and um, we will talk about everything in your experience with franchising, and uh, well, not so much franchising, but my business venture. So, tell us a little bit about my business venture. What is that all about? Well, my business venture we started about. 27 years ago. And basically the reason that we started is that to help people start small home-based businesses. As you know, I started the small home-based business with $100 out of my two-bedroom apartment and built it into a a multi-million dollar company. And we were able to find that there was a lot of mistakes that people were making starting small businesses. I made tons of them. So our company revolves primarily around a, a turnkey business where we help people become entrepreneurs. Most of the people that we're helping are people, they've never had a business before. They're not sure what to do. They're not sure what to sell. Um, so we take a lot of the learning curve out of it. And uh, we look to, you know, number one, get them outside their comfort zone uh, to see what they're really capable of, uh, of accomplishing. So it's really, uh, well, you set up kind of a website and they're selling and, it, and the onus is on them to promote their own website. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Basically, what we're doing is we're setting them up with a website, products to sell, credit card processing. We're setting them up with a logo. And we even uh, formed a company about five years ago called MBV University because we found that uh, most of our clients, they didn't really know what to do. So all of our packages, or at least most of them now come with a three or four package uh, training with one-on-one with our trainer in Atlanta, Georgia, where he'll teach you the best practices to be an entrepreneur. So it's a lot of learning. So, you know, we're very excited about being able to help people not only start a business, but actually make money doing it. 
So we're doing something special here tonight, and we're running through Facebook Live. So to everybody on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk a lot about various concepts. Wit, my friend here, is from Restoration One and Blue Frog Franchising out of Waco, Texas. So thanks for being on, Wit. Appreciate it. Hey, Wit. So, um, so Tom, tell us a little bit more about triathlons. I mean, this, this is really <laughs> why I brought you on. I mean, how the heck did this happen? Well, about five years ago, a friend and I met and uh, we decided that we wanted to do something that maybe, you know, was going to be difficult. So we decided, you know, to try to do a triathlon. I thought I was a good swimmer. I recognized very quickly that I was not a very good swimmer. And I blindly went into a triathlon, trained for it and actually did pretty well. The first couple were really scary especially if you don't know how to swim very well. But the good thing about it is it's not really so much that it prepares you physically uh, the triathlon. It's more of a, a mental challenge and, and knowing that you can overcome something that maybe in the past you thought was impossible. And I found that the people that I've ran into in, in triathlon, who I actually met you through Noah Lamb, have been super inspirational, have pushed me you know, to do things that maybe I thought I wasn't capable of doing. So above and beyond compete, I wouldn't say competing, completing triathlons, I, I don't typically win them. I found that I'm able to do a lot more than maybe I thought I was capable of. And again, a lot of that is through inspiration from the people I've met doing triathlons. And uh, to date, I've probably done about 15 or so. It's 15 triathlons. Correct. <laughs> I have not even walked around the block 15 times. <laughs> I don't so, look like uh, a triathlete, but yeah, I can fake it on, on race day if I have really, to. Really amazing. It's really cool. <laughs> and just for those of you tuning in on uh, Facebook Live, we are live at the um, Havana Cigar Room. So we have our uh, we have our cigars. So after the show, we've got a couple of some really nice Nat Shermans that, that will uh, we'll light up in a little while. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Making that change from having a job to owning a business, that motivation, you know, what do you feel to get somebody kind of off their thing and, and choose what they it, want to choose? It's very difficult. And that's the biggest challenge is, is somebody taking that chance. And I never thought that I was a person who would be able to run a company. My goal graduating college was to get a job in Manhattan and eventually be able to support a family. I found out very quickly that, you know, commuting five hours a day and making not very much money was not going to pay the bills. And I worked at a company of about 300 employees. The third month in, I was early employee of the month. I was working my butt off. But I would see other people, you know, sitting next to me that were making twice as much as me, not because they produced more, but because they were there longer. And I didn't really like the idea of being paid on time and the job. I wanted to be paid on my performance. And if I can outproduce somebody, whether they've been there a year or 10 years, I felt I should be compensated for such. So I had met somebody on a cruise who was running a credit card processing business in California. He saw something in me and said, look, you, you speak well. I think you could do very good at this. And I was deathly afraid of being in sales. I never wanted to be a salesperson. I'm the guy that in, in college was hiding in the back of the room, hoping the teacher didn't call on me. Uh, that was way outside my comfort zone, speaking in front of people and me doing too. that type of thing. <laughs> but he believed in me. I gave it a try. We invested $100 uh, mailing out some flyers in Suffolk County, New York. And within three days, I made what I made in Manhattan. And quickly, I got over my fear uh -huh. of, of speaking uh -huh. in front of people. It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. When, you know, it's, I always say to folks, you know, it's the difference between choosing unhappiness or uncertainty. You know, most people choose unhappiness. They make the commute. They keep on doing it for years and years and years and years and years. And they never get anywhere. But when you choose uncertainty, magic happens. And that's what I help people do through franchising. So what advice would you give to somebody that's thinking about leaving their job to open a franchise? 
Well, the first thing you have to do is obviously do your research. And you also have to know that you're the type of person who is okay with putting everything on yourself. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people have an employee mentality, whereas they every Friday they're used to receiving a paycheck. And um, as a business owner, there's a lot of Fridays I didn't receive a paycheck. In fact, there were some Fridays where I had to take money out of my personal account to pay my employees. And that's very difficult for some people to get, a, get around and, and understand that, hey, listen, starting a business is not sit back and you're going to make a ton of money. This is really when the hard work starts. And if you're not willing to put that work in, it's not going to happen. So my advice would be to get out of the mindset of, of being an employee and understanding that there's going to be times where it's going to be super tough. You're going to want to quit and say, I wish I would have just stayed at my job in Manhattan and made whatever I made and, and choose unhappiness. But when times when it's fantastic, you'll be so happy that you chose uncertainty and you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish if you really put your mind to it. Absolutely amazing. You can move mountains. You know, the, the name of my company is the Franchise Academy, but I have another company, which is kind of the parent company over everything that I own. And it's called Mustard Seed Incorporated. And so they, you know, in the Bible, it says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. And so that's where that comes from. So if you have faith, you could really make things happen. It's amazing. How do you motivate yourself every day? You know, it's difficult. As, as recent as yesterday, you know, we had a, a tough day at work. I, I went home and not that I wasn't motivated, but you have to have a really short memory. You have to understand that there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Uh, things I do to motivate myself as I try to, you know, concentrate on the big picture. Success is not a straight trajectory up. It takes a lot of pitfalls, ups, downs, and Ups over the oh my god, over the twenty seven years I've had some uh, very tough times where you know I, I almost gave up, and I'm glad that I didn't because there's a, there's a lot of potential that that you can reach if you don't give up. But some of the things I do to motivate myself is I try to start my day the same way every day. Uh, around five thirty, I get up. If I, I exercise or I sit, have my coffee in my same spot every day. Have almost like a a Zen time for about twenty minutes. Get my thoughts together. What do I have to accomplish today? And start my day off calmly, as opposed to waking up 10 minutes late, rushing around the house and leaving in chaos. My day is so unpredictable. So I want to start my day off in a way where I'm relaxed and I'm in a good zone and I'm ready to take on the day versus in, in chaos. So that helps me. That keeps me motivated. And also the days when you see your employees doing well and how happy they are, and you're actually to help even helping people that you're getting a business, seeing them be successful. I mean, that's so helpful. And that, that makes you feel so fortunate and grateful that you're able to do that and help Change others. Definitely. You know, At least give them the opportunity to do so for sure. It's so cool. I, and, and that's, that's what I love to do. And what, you know, I've been helping people find franchises now for 14 years. And the greatest satisfaction I get is seeing somebody not only change their life and their family's trajectory and, and what they can create and, and the wealth that they could create, but also providing jobs. Every franchise will provide an average of 10 jobs in the community. So not only that, but you're creating a tax base in that community. So it's giving back in so many ways. And it's like the flap of the butterfly wing, they say, you know, because goes on and on and on. The ripple effect is unbelievable. And we have the opportunity to do that with franchising and, and with my business venture. So the cool thing about my business venture is that it's an online program and it's only going to run about $4,000 to get into. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you have to shell out, you know, 100000 for a franchise. But for this internet-based opportunity, it's very part-time and you make part-time money. I mean, you could make good money too. It, you know, money's subjective, right? Correct. So, yeah. Most of the people that are investing anywhere between four to $8,000 in our program, what we recommend is if this is life-changing money where, God forbid, this does not work out, 
We don't want you to, to lose your house or your car. This should be risk capital, especially since it's a new business. And, and what we're finding is many of the people, they start with this business, they grow it, maybe they sell the business. And if for nothing else, we're going to educate them on what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So let's say, God forbid, a business is not for everyone. Maybe it's a $4,000 mistake versus a $400,000 mistake. And now they've cashed out their 401k, they've remortgaged their house. This is a nice little stepping stone to kind of dip their toe in the water before they, you know, a lot of our people are actually going on and then starting a franchise after that. So maybe they're not quite committed enough to start a franchise, but they want to start something. Uh, This gives them a good way to to do that without really breaking the bank. Really toe in the water for sure. Correct. And and my advice to people, you know, and if you're listening and you're thinking about buying a franchise, you should not invest more than half of your net worth. So figure out what your net worth is or call me and I'll, I'll tell you how to figure it out. It's not that difficult, but it's, you know, if you own a house and the assets that you own minus any debt that you have, whatever's left, that is kind of your net worth. So it's not kind of, but that is your net worth. So a, a net worth is counted as cash, stocks and bonds, real estate, things that banks would count as a collateral. So, you know, never invest more than half of that. That's a good safe zone, in, in my opinion. But, you know, if, if you're starting out or you don't have a lot of money to invest, stay at home mom, single mom, right, with a couple of kids, you could do a My Business Venture and not break the bank, as, as my friend Tom says. Yeah, and sometimes what we'll find is that people will contact us, and they're really more advanced than what we're offering. And we'll refer, refer them to you to, to contact them about a franchise, just like if you have somebody that you speak to, and they're like, you know, I don't really think you're at that level. This is not a good time for you to start a franchise based on your finances or what have you. You don't have the time to invest. Uh, you can send them back to me, and maybe I can kind of you know groom them into somebody who would want a franchise at a later date. Absolutely. And, that, and, that's, you know, and that's the beautiful thing also about business is that unlike corporate America, what I found anyway is that in business, if people are giving, they're willing to share referrals and, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's really uh, an important thing to know. And most people don't know that unless you're in business. So tell me, what why do you think some people get into a business and then fail? What is that all about? Well, I think it's two things. I think it's number one, the, the first one I spoke about before where they're thinking as an employee. A couple things happen. And many times they'll come on board with us. They'll invest between four to $8,000. And they'll sit back and say, hey, I didn't make any sales. Well, investing in that 48000 allows us to give you the tools in order to be a successful entrepreneur. Unless you utilize the tools and the, and the tricks in the trade and, and, and take the education that we give you, you're not going to make any money. And that, our disclosure form state, hey, listen, if you don't operate this money, you could have given us $100,000. The results would have been the same. So I think that people say, well, uh, you know, I've invested X amount. How come I'm not making any sales? Well, if you don't run your business, just like if you don't get on a treadmill, you're not going to lose any weight. And I think the second part is that people sometimes will expect results to happen too quickly. Again, the whole treadmill analogy, or you go to the gym on January 1st, you can't get a treadmill because there's 9,000 people there. By March, they've all given up and, and they've, they've stopped. Uh, there's been many times I've wanted to give up where I felt, hey, this is way too hard. I can't do this. I, I'd rather just work for someone and not have this stress. And I just continue to go. We try to educate our people and say, look, this is not a get rich quick scheme. You're not going to be driving a Ferrari tomorrow. You're not going to you know, be uh, retiring to Tahiti or anything like that. You have to grow this business slowly. It's a small investment. And over time, our goal is to build this into something tangible that becomes an asset for you and something that generates revenue. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, the employee mentality is a really nice, political, correct way to say it. But if you're just a negative person, glass half empty, glass is half empty. <laughs> we need to get some more. But, um, you know, if your glass half empty, 
you know, probably a business is not for you. It's really not for everyone. And I would say of the people that contact us, we talk to them. We usually spend five minutes with them and we can tell after five minutes whether we have a, a reason to continue speaking. I would say 80% of the people that we speak to, we would recommend to them not to start the business. And you'd be surprised how people are. And we say, we really don't want to accept your money. We don't feel this is a good fit for you. You know, we've been around for 25 years. We don't have to chase every last sale. We have a good reputation. And I think a lot of that is because we're bringing on people that have the best chance to succeed. We know what type of person is going to make it at this. And if they're asking questions like, you know, how fast can I make $10,000 back in two weeks? Uh, we know that that's not, not a good a question for them to ask us. And we're going to try to refocus them. And, it, and if after a couple of times, they're still asking employee type questions and not business owner type questions where they're not putting the onus on them to be successful, right. then we'll usually say, hey, we don't believe the timing is right for you to come on board. Well, we'd like to wish you the best of luck, but we would really rather not uh, bring somebody on board we don't feel has a really good chance to be successful. That's so great. And it's mybusinessventure.com. Yeah, we have two different websites. Uh, mybusinessventure.com is our corporate site. Uh, we also have a site called mbvsites.net, which talks specifically about the program that we offer. And then we have a couple other sites. We have one called mbvuniversity.com, which is run out of our Atlanta office, uh, which we have full-time trainers that will train our clients, do webinars and one-on-one -on -one training on how to become an entrepreneur, what you should be doing, what practices, because a lot of people really just do not know. And then our my favorite one is the one we formed about five years ago called mbvgivesback.com, which is all about us trying to pay it forward. And you know, part of being a well-rounded company is not how much money you can put in your pocket, is what kind of impact can you have for others. And, and that's something that I'm very involved in growing up in a single family parent. My mom worked. We had three kids. It was very difficult. Uh, we got free lunch. And I always said, if I'm ever in a position to be able to help others and pay it forward, uh, that's going to become one of my life missions. And, and uh, that's something that we, we really are super proud of at my business venture. That's so awesome. Really, really, really appreciate that giving back. And let's kind of go backwards. So the Franchise Academy also, it's the Franchise Academy. So it's tfagivesback.com. And so on our website, we give to the Wounded Warriors. We give to also the Children's Foundations for St. Jude's. I love St. Jude's. Fantastic. St. Jude's is a great one of my favorite. I did a triathlon and raised a bunch of money for them. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Also, we have a special connection to Make-A-Wish. I love Make-A-Wish. So my, my nephew Aiden had uh, leukemia a couple of years back. He's good now. He's in recession. And uh, recession, that's remission. Right. <laughs> remission. Have another drink. We're not in a recession yet. Thank God. <laughs> we are not in a recession. Not remission. And so he, all he wants to do is go on an African safari. And they wow. did like a class A African safari. So it's great, great, great. That's fantastic. Uh, love that. And also dogs. So North Shore Animal League here on Long Island, big time. And the Humane Society is something that we support as, as well at the Franchise Academy. So I'm very proud of that. I was taking notes as you were talking. So longevity, man, 25 years. Jeez. So, so what do you do? To be successful like that, that longevity is unbelievable. You know, I, I think the biggest reason that I don't even necessarily say that I'm successful, I think that I'm just continuing to do something that I, I know how to do. And I think that one of the biggest reasons I'm still doing this is stubbornness. I mean, there's been so many times where tenacity. I'm like, tenacity, let's call it tenacity. That sounds much better. Um, I didn't know how to do anything else. I've been working for myself for so long that it's just something that I would refuse to give up. And I'm very stubborn. I'll just always try to figure out a way to do it. And plus, you know, I have employees 
employees that depend on me and, and their livelihood is with me. So I'm responsible to them to put them in the best position to succeed and, and to be able to support their families. And plus, we're helping people realize their dreams. So there's times where I become selfish and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore and I need to get away and you know this is too hard. But then upon reflection, I realize how fortunate I am to, to have all of the, the gifts in my life uh, to be able to give back in different ways to people. And uh, that drives me and continues me to, you know, makes me keep doing the same thing over and over. What is a book that you're reading right now that, that's uh, exciting you? The one I recently read was uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And, oh, yeah, and, and if you read that book, the great thing about it, he does a lot of podcasts and he does also a lot with, you know, a lot of different inspirational things and motivational talks. But a quote that recently kind of, I have different quotes that I like and a quote recently that kind of really resonated with me was the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why by Mark Twain. Yeah, because if you don't have a why or a purpose in life, it's very difficult to stay motivated on a, a day-to-day basis. So I, I know what my why is. And once you know what your why is, it makes it much easier to, to handle the ups and the downs. You realize why you're doing what you're doing instead of just going through the motions. A why is a really, really important thing. It is. In, in everything that you do. If you're a kid and you're taking college classes and you don't know why you're taking these classes, what's the chance of graduating? Not, you know, it's slim. You got to know why you're doing it. So I love that. And sometimes it takes a while to figure out your why. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And I've been doing this for 27 years. So mm-hmm. while I know my why currently, that, that can change over time as well and, and evolve as I evolve as a person. And then, Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute because things do change in your life, right? So you need to really, I mean, you've been married a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something my wife, Gina, and I talk about all the time. When you're married, we'll, we'll be married 31 years next month. People change, right? So you got to support your wife in the longevity or your, or your husband in, as you grow and not be the person that's all about, you know, why, you know, that's not the person I married. They're different now. Yeah, right. of course they're different. No, you're not the same you were 10 years yeah. ago, 20 years ago, 30 years yeah. ago. I think most people in my life, especially, you know, obviously I'm in my 40s now, have changed and they're different, whether it's a spouse or a child or coworkers or friends. And you have to evolve with that. And, and also, I'm a much different person than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. I'm trying to become a better person every day. I'm a super flawed human being like most people, but I try to do my best and, and, and try to every day be a little bit better than the day before. But a lot of that comes with empathy and, and understanding that other, you, know, you have to be empathetic to other people and, and understand their needs. And if you can do that, I find that it's much easier than just getting angry at somebody or, or you know, distancing them from your life, especially if they were an important part for a long time. Well, there you go. And life is too short to be angry at people. It's it's way too short. And I, I can honestly say I don't think there's anyone that I really dislike in this world. There may be people I don't agree with, but I understand that everyone is different. And I, I, I try to always have a positive outlook and surround myself with people who are positive, pushing me forward, uh, such as yourself, Noah Lamb, who's a, a friend of ours. Shout out to Noah Lamb. Hey, Noah, what's up? And people like that, that when I feel like I'm kind of getting in a bad space and I need to be refocused, I have people that I can go to that will you know say, Tommy, you need to be doing this. You're, you're out of balance. You're, you, know, you need to concentrate on this and they'll kind of set me back on the right path. And if you don't have those kind of people in your life, it's very difficult to stay focused. I'm the single CEO of the business, so I don't have partners I can really rub things off of. But I have a lot of people who love me, who care about me, who I can get honest advice from, even if it's not something that I want to hear. 
So since you mentioned that, how do you feel about CEO peer groups? We are involved with the CEO CEO peer group. I'm actually involved now through Sandler in the CEO peer group. I actually have a class on Friday where once a month we go and they they train us on best practices to be CEOs and how to deal with with your employees and oh, cool. and become a become better at that. Um, I'm trying to become. Uh, my biggest thing is I like to learn. And I found that when I was, you know, when I was younger, maybe in my 30s, I, I thought I knew everything. And the older I get, the more I realize I really don't know. I know almost nothing. So I try to learn as much as I can. Even if it's something I don't agree with, I like to get different points of view and to people challenge me on my ideas because they may have a better way to do it. And even if they don't, it opens my mind to a different way of thinking. And it, it's really helped me a lot to grow not just the business, but myself as an individual. I mean, really, absolutely. And, and it's really important, in my opinion, to, to grow as a person. I mean, you're here to grow. You're here to learn and then here to pass it on and, and teach the younger generation. So I love mentorship. I love talking to younger people and, you know, even my own kids and, and trying to help them get ahead in life. Man, if I only knew back then what oh, I know now, right? Forget I mean, it. You know, you know that phrase. <laughs> So that's, that's really an important thing. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's really all about choosing the thing that seems difficult. Of course. Right? It could be a business or it could be changing your job. It could, you know, it doesn't mean that you need to buy a business. Buying a business is not for everyone, but sometimes it, it could be as simple as changing your direction the way you drive to work could change your whole entire life. You know, perspective on things. Yeah. And, and I think what happens a lot of times, especially in life and not just specific, not even just with starting a business, but you'll find that people are just afraid to take that chance. They don't want to believe in themselves or they, they don't have the, the fortitude to say, I think I can do this. And what I found is that by putting myself in uncomfortable situations, you know, speaking in front of a college, going on TV with Donna Drake, speak, you know, those things are things that are not necessarily things that I do every day. And you have to kind of be on your A game. But the more you do that stuff, the more you become comfortable being uncomfortable. And you'll also find that when you're in those situations, you really do much better than you think you would. You have to give yourself more credit than you think. You really can do much better that if you give yourself a chance, you'd be surprised at really what you can accomplish. It's never as scary as it is after you do. No, then it's easy. It's like a triathlon. I'm about to swim and I'm like, I'm, I'm scared. And then I cross the finish line. I'm like, well, I can't wait to do another one. You know, so. this, this dude did 15 <laughs> triathlons. I mean, come on. If you saw me, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm, not in mid, I'm not in triathlon shape just yet. <laughs> but still, just to even... To sign up for a triathlon. A lot of it is training, but a lot of it is mentally being prepared for, for that day, whatever the race, uh, the conditions are. I recently did an Olympic distance triathlon out in the Hamptons, and uh, it was white capping. The swim was super difficult, measured much longer. It was a lot of hilly, and it was a very difficult triathlon for me, but I was mentally prepared that day to handle whatever came at me. And, and it wasn't so much that I was physically ready for it, but mentally I was ready because your mind will give up 10 times before your body will. Yeah, and, and, and that goes with everything in life, right? So. If you're, you know, running or swimming a triathlon or if you are just trying to, you know, get through a relationship, right? It's all about mentally what you're thinking. And it's the most important thing. And this is something I learned in life. And I learned it, you know, really through my wife, Gina, who really taught me how to think like out of the box, get out of my own head and not believe the story that I'm telling myself, but learn a new story and tell a new story. When you tell a new story, then that's when magic happens because when you tell a story, whatever you're telling is what the universe will bring. If you are talking about what is right now, you'll just get more of what is right now. Of course. Yeah. It's important to, you know, 
to evolve. And especially even if you're having a, dis- a disagreement with somebody, whether it's an employee, a spouse, a coworker, what I like to do is instead of reacting on the moment and, and screaming or yelling and saying, what are you doing? I like to give myself five minutes and come back at it from a, a productive way. And I find that after five minutes, you may even have forgot what you're upset about, or at least you now have a productive way to solve the challenge in front of you. So I try not to really react emotionally to, to most things and, and whatever it is in my life, try to Take a couple deep breaths, give it five minutes and come back at it, especially even in business. You know, there's a lots of up and ups and downs. Yesterday was a terrible day. I had a lot of challenges. Today was an amazing day where, you know, yesterday was like, why am I doing this? Today was like, I would never do anything else. So right. that's part of that's part of the day to day life of the CEO. It's not really uh, as glamorous as, a, as it may appear. <laughs> right, right. No, amen to that. So I got two questions for you before we end. So I want to ask you, what is your advice to someone who's thinking about starting a business right now? My advice would be, number one, you you have to have support from the people around you. You have to have support from your family, from your friends. That's super important to have people that you can bounce ideas off of. I think many companies fail, not necessarily because they're bad ideas, but the execution is bad. And I also believe that you'd have to, you must, must, must believe, not just believe in yourself, but you have to understand that this is not going to be, you know, making tons of money tomorrow. Be prepared to, to really, you know, take a lot of time to understand the business, do some research, find out who you're working with. Make sure you have the financial wherewithal, not to just invest in the business, but to support the business. Sometimes people will start a business and they put every single penny they have into it. Now they have no money for marketing. That's not a good, there's going to be monthly expenses and you can't expect to draw a paycheck probably for a little while. So my advice would be if you think you can afford something at one level, uh, maybe go a little bit smaller initially just to kind of get your feet wet and leave yourself uh, definitely some uh, money on the side because uh, so many things are going to pop up that you're not going to expect. Right. Whatever you think is going to cost. Double it. <laughs> well, at least 20%. More, yeah. I just want to point out Noah Lamb just jumped on. Hey, Noah. Hey, Noah. We are talking about you in a very positive way. So thank you for jumping on, Noah. Appreciate it. My daughter, Andrea, is on. Hey, Andrea. How are you? And uh, Andrea is pregnant right now. Oh, congratulations. And so I'm going to be a grandfather coming up. Fantastic. Uh, in September. Very excited. Very excited. And we, I have a personal name that I want her to name. Let's start with a T. No. no, it starts with an S. Oh, S, okay. Stone. Stone, okay. <laughs> because their last name is, her husband's name is by phone, so Stone Buffone. It's like a WWF wrestler. I'm going to take a wild swing and say that's not going to be the name. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. So what is one myth that you would like to bust, either about business or about motivation? Like, What's on your mind? One of the myths I, I would say would be that people don't give themselves enough credit for what they can accomplish and they just take the easy way out. Like your book, you know, choosing unhappiness or uncertainty, most people are going to choose unhappiness because they just don't want to take a chance on themselves. I, I was that person that did not want to take a chance on myself, but only because I almost was forced to because I was traveling five hours a, a day into Manhattan making you know, basically enough to pay for my lunch. Uh, I figured, hey, I don't have any kids. I don't have a mortgage. If I'm not going to try this now, when am I going to try that? And I took a chance and it worked out. I didn't know if I was going to make it, but I kept plugging away. And once I started having having small successes, I started to grow the business. And and I think if people give themselves credit that they're capable of a lot more than they think they are, mm-hmm. I think they'll do very well. So again, just believe in yourself. But in addition to believing yourself, be honest with yourself if you're going to really put the work in and if you are okay with the not the employee mentality and, and actually the, the business owner mentality, which is a totally different mindset. 
totally different. And, you know, I was, um, as you know, a subway conductor before I got into franchising and I had a government job. I just had to show up and got, and I got paid and I got, I bought a smoothie franchise. I, after 13 years, I quit the transit authority, got into franchising. And I remember my mom saying, Oh my God, you're working your butt off. You're working crazy hours. I'm like, yeah, but it's my baby. I love it. I, I wouldn't give it up. Yeah, we have similar ways that we started. You know, you worked for the 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 MTA, and I worked for in the city. And basically, we had jobs where we were going to make more money based on not how well we did, how long we were at the at the job. And that's something that I was not okay with. I I thought I was okay with it until I saw you know how much work I was doing and getting paid for it, and other people doing a third of the work and making double the money. Well, that that doesn't didn't sit very well with I mean, me. You know, you know my story when. Um, I was a conductor. I was on the R train. I was at a 95th Street in Bay Ridge, if, if you know the New York City subway. The R train never comes out of the ground. Back then, it didn't come out of the ground at all. From 95th Street in Brooklyn through Manhattan out to Continental Avenue in Queens. One day, there was an old timer who said, hey, kid, this is a great job because you'll always have a shirt on your back. He said, it will never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And that struck me like a, I don't know, a bucket of cold water. I was like, wait a second. And I looked at my bosses and, and I love them and, and they really were mentors to me and they still are to this day. I talk to them every once in a while, but they were not living the lifestyle I wanted to live. But business owners were. But that meant risk. You know, I had my kids were young at the time. I had a mortgage living on Long Island, but my wife supported me and, and we decided to dive in and take a chance. That chance worked out really well, really well. But it was a risk. I mean, it, you know, it's a lot of money. And most people are not going to take that risk. Most people are going to stay in their comfort zone and they don't want to, you know, choose that chance that, hey, maybe this might be a home run or if I strike out, I'm going to be in big trouble. So, so that takes a really special kind of person to be able to do that. And I just want to be able to I just want to share that, you know, the first franchise we bought was something called Maui Wowie Smoothies. And it was a great success. In five years, we built it into three locations and sold it. And, and I essentially semi-retired at 41 years old. And that was awesome. Then we bought a second franchise called Super Suppers. And Super Suppers was what they called a make and take concept. So you come to our location, you make meals, you take them home and Mm -hmm. freeze them. And on days when you're busy, instead of ordering in, you know, Chinese food again or whatever, Mm -hmm. you have a home cooked meal that you made with your own hands. And it was great. I mean, even in the New York Times, they said that we were changing the way America eats the way Swanson and McDonald's did 50 years earlier. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a billionaire. This is unbelievable. (laughs) And in 19 months, we were out of business and lost almost our entire life savings. I'm talking about Repo Man with the car and everything. And that's what made me a franchise expert. So now, you know, back then I was really upset and crying about it. But now I look back on it and I'm like, thank God that happened because now I could teach people how to avoid those mistakes that I made. And that's something we do too at my business venture, and and the reason our our clients have a, a much better chance of success versus going it alone mm-hmm. is that I've made so many mistakes over the years that, that I I can't believe that I made that could have put me out of business, cost me a lot of time, money, headaches. So our trainers know those stories because we speak to people every day. So we can say, listen, this is the way you need to do it. Don't do it this way. So if we can help people avoid some of those pitfalls, it's going to give them a much, much better chance at, at succeeding at business. Not necessarily even just this business, but if they move on to something bigger and better in, in the life future. In general, of right? course. Yeah. I mean, it, it applies to everything, even triathlons. It's, so. it's a mindset. Having a business is a different mindset. It's not showing up. You're the boss. Everything's on you, which is good. And it's bad. So if you're okay, if you're okay, if you're a lazy person, yeah. you might not want to hire yourself to be a boss. If if you're a go getter and you're going to outwork everyone, even if you're, you know, I don't consider myself 
overly bright necessarily, but the brightest person, but I consider myself a harder worker than most. And I think that work ethic and, and diligence is, is much more important than, and than IQ, especially in, in business. Amen. So I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, Tom. Franchise Academy podcast. I loved being here. Yeah, thank this, you. This is awesome. So again, where could people contact you? They can contact us a couple different ways. They can go to mybusinessventure.com. They can also go to MBV sites. That's M Mary B boy V Victor sites, S I T E S dot net. Or during normal business hours, we actually have live people picking up the phone. Oh, nice. 1-800-639-6644. If you say you saw us on uh, this show, we'll probably give you some free hosting or something fun for you. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Thank you for that. That's neat. So I appreciate that. And you help, and you're based here on Long Island. We're based in Smithtown, New York, yeah. which is about an hour from Manhattan. So that's cool. So we'll put all of this on the Franchise Academy website.com, franchiseacademy.com, and we will talk soon. Thank you, everyone, watching on Facebook Live. And uh, God bless you all, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Take care, everybody. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.